Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing and a long one to left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Hey, great to be with you on a Monday. We do not have a game to talk about today. Rain out earlier in the day, so that game against the Pirates is moving to June. And the Cardinals moving on to the Kansas City Royals coming into town tomorrow night. A little two-game miniseries between the Cardinals and the Royals. And then the battle begins in the NL Central. Cardinals and the Brewers this weekend. Big showdown this weekend. Obviously, it's early, so, I mean, it's only so big. But it's look, they count now just like they're going to count in September. So those head-to-head matchups against your division rivals are the ones that are exciting and fun. And we got that coming up. That'll be in Milwaukee. And by the way, Thursday is opening day in Milwaukee. So you know, you're getting the whole opening weekend vibe up north. Going to be a great series, or at least I hope it is. Um, I'm not going to judge it good or bad. That's kind of one of the topics today, too. I'll get into this a little bit later on, but... You know, we all love our early first impressions. We're really excited. We haven't seen any games. And, you know, the first game you see something, you're like, oh, I hate that. Or, oh, that was amazing. And we're going to talk a bit about when you should start to get excited about a player's performance or a team performance and when you should start to worry. And it's not now. (laughs) The answer to those two questions is not three days, good or bad. It's, it's, it takes a lot of time. You know, our buddy Mike Claiborne loves to say flag day. Uh, I go a little earlier. I think two months is enough to start drawing, not, not like absolute conclusions, but that that's a good amount of time to say, all right, there's something to keep an eye on here. There's some, but even that guys, I mean, you know, we, we experienced this. We've experienced this many times. We experienced this with the Cardinals to a degree last year, right? Your vibe on the team 
wasn't very good until they won 17 games in a row. Like, we thought we had a pretty good feel for what the team was until they did something completely out of line with what they had done before. You know, last year, the Braves are another great example, right? They had to scramble to get to 88 wins, and yet they win the World Series. Like, sometimes you think you know, but you don't really. You don't really, but I I know this. Oh, I got to play the Tony LaRussa cut later on. It's the first week of the season. Well, no, I don't think anybody's freaking out about the Cardinals. I mean, like they yeah, a bad day yesterday. Uh, they have uh, won two of their first three. And, you know, it's okay. You, like you're doing your business against the Pirates. Two out of three is fine. Um, and there are things that were good from the weekend. There are things that weren't as good from the weekend. We'll touch on some of those things in this hour as well. Um I, I, I do want to do a couple things later on, too, on uh, Major League Baseball and popularity. And I, I think, you know, what, what's interesting to me about the way Major League Baseball is covered compared to other sports, I think has to do with the psychology of a lot of us who like baseball. And I'm again, I, I, I'm not trying to exclude anybody. I'm just trying to say that, you know, when we when we talk about a sports popularity and whether or not everybody likes it i feel like baseball fans and baseball writers and baseball broadcasters like we're all the most concerned about where the sport ranks and why is it is it not is it not as popular now is it gonna lose popularity is baseball dying like you know baseball's been dying for like 70 years according to various people I've written, I've, I've, I, I'll, maybe I'll find it later on, but I've read the this piece from, I forget which newspaper it was. It might have been the New York Times, but it was a newspaper from like 1950. And it was like, the pace of the game in modern baseball is not appealing to the younger fan. And it's like, literally what everybody's saying right now. And I'm, I'm just curious as to how we judge popularity. Because if you listen to polls, like polling would say, well, Nobody knows who the star baseball players are, right? Right. Okay, fine. But tell me where the actions are. How many people are watching games? How much money are people spending on games? How many tickets are sold? Like, and and I I understand that there's no easy one way to set to just to determine popularity. But but popularity is about volume, isn't it? Right? I mean, like, if you're running a quote-unquote popularity contest, wouldn't the person who's most popular get the most votes? Isn't that kind of the point? I don't know. I, 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 feel, like, I feel like we get into the mud here a little bit. I, mean, I, I bring this up because I'm, I'm, I'm tweeting about this because uh, a guy that I really like, by the way, I really like Tracy Ringlesby, uh, he was tweeting about Major League Baseball's blackout rules, which are stupid, by the way. His tweet was, "Why you wonder why baseball is now ranked seventh most popular sport in the United States. First of all, what rank? What poll was that? I mean, is it a Gallup poll? Is it an uh, internet poll? Because I can tell you this, it's the second most profitable sport. It's the second highest revenue sport in the world. Not just in the U.S., in the world. You can add up the two most 
the two biggest revenue soccer leagues in the world, and they don't equal Major League Baseball. Now, I know money's not everything, right? Because that can come from a few people. Or, you know, I think there's a good point. Hey, baseball plays a lot of games, you know, so you've got more product. But people are still buying the product. Like, McDonald's sells a lot of burgers. (laughs) People are buying. It doesn't mean they're the best, but they're pretty popular. We're not trying to quantify or qualify this as best or second best, that's subjective. But popularity is about votes. And people vote with their actions by going to games, watching games, spending money on the sport. We'll get to that in detail a little bit later on. Next up, we'll just go into a few early Cardinals observations. And again, clearly these are early observations. Just talking about what we saw over the weekend. Um, I'm not overly excited nor overly concerned about anything, but that's also kind of, and that's kind of my overall general approach to things at this time of year. We'll hit on some of that next up. Kevin Wheeler with you here on Sports Open Line on KMOX. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Twitter fights going on. Not really fights. I shouldn't say that. Nobody's nobody's being mean, and I'm not being mean. But And I think meanness is kind of required for fights. But, like, uh, um, arguing and stuff, which is fine. It's enjoy- And some of it's with my buddy Chris Ranji. I'm going to have to call him. You know what? Let's just prank call him right now. Because he's probably not listening. He's just answering me on Twitter. Should we call him live and see? Uh, maybe we'll buy it. We'll, we'll give it a few minutes. It's all about that whole popularity of baseball thing. Because, I, I, I mean, again... I don't think there's one scientific way to argue the popularity of a sport. Right? I mean, like, you're going to be like, well, per game attendance. Well, okay. I mean, baseball stadiums are bigger than basketball stadiums. So more per game. People are, there are going to be more people per game at a baseball game than a, at a Cardinals game than, say, at a Lakers game, for example. Doesn't mean the Cardinals are more popular than the Lakers. You know, baseball has more games. They sell by volume. NFL sells 
based on demand, like you know the, how, how popular each game is because there's one game a week. And because everybody bets on it. <laughs> I think that's a big part of it, too. There's no, there's no like, accepted way of, of measuring popularity. All I'm saying is that the assertion that was made on the tweet that I quote tweeted, it was from Tracy Ringlesby, who I really like, by the way. He's really good. No way am I showing any animosity toward him. I'm just like, his tweet was about how baseball is now the seventh most popular sport. Like, oh, yeah, name me the six that have more eyeballs, that make more money, that sell more tickets, like they don't exist. So again, until we can come up with a neutral version of what popularity means, what, what, what do we go by? How about this? The only sports league on the planet that generates more revenue than Major League Baseball is the NFL. How's that? Like, it doesn't mean that baseball is automatically second most popular or second best or anything like that. But it's a pretty good argument that the sports that rank 5th, 6th, and 7th are not ahead of baseball. And the problem is we get polling where people, you ask people what their gut opinion is, and they be like, well, I don't like baseball as much as I like whatever. Let's say golf, for example, because I play golf and I don't play baseball, whatever it is. But the actions don't back that up. And again, when you're talking about the idea of popularity, well, how do you measure it? Again, that that just sounds like to me like we're going to take a poll and whatever people say is what we're going to believe. But I want to know what people do, not what they say. Remember all those people like, I'm never watching football again because he's kneeling. They're all watching football again because the ratings are up. Like we do this thing all the time where we're just going to believe what people say as opposed to believing what they do. Don't tell me what someone says they're going to do. Tell me what they're doing. I keep saying we're going to talk about it later, and then I talk about it now. So how about this? Let's just finish this topic now, and then we'll get to the Cardinal stuff. And I don't really care. Like, this stuff doesn't make me mad. I just think it's interesting that people who cover baseball are constantly droning on and on about how baseball's losing popularity. All right. So baseball's not as popular as it was 50 years ago. Again, I... I don't know what the measure is of that. Are we doing people on the street interviews? Or are we talking tickets sold or average tickets sold? Because you guys realize that, by the way, do you realize that compared to the quote-unquote golden era of baseball, that attendance is like double what it was in the 50s and 60s? Now, the attendance is double. Now, population has increased. Therefore, it makes sense that more people are going to games. But the point is, it's not like you were playing to sold-out stadiums back in the good old days. So what are we talking about? I don't understand. Like, tell me what the neutral, subjective, I'm sorry, objective measure of popularity is for sports. And then, all right, let's have the discussion. Is it just about what people say on Twitter? Or do we maybe just look at the kind of the whole picture and say, hmm, okay. So the NFL makes the most money and they get the television, the best television ratings. Therefore, they're the number one. They're the most popular. I think that's a reasonable way to look at it. And then you can look at revenue and television ratings and tickets sold. We could do that for all of these sports. And I can tell you this, 
I don't know exactly where baseball falls, but it ain't seventh. It's not. It's at worst third. But, and this is my point, really, my bigger point is, so many of us who cover the game, cover baseball, are screaming about the sky falling all the time. We're always whining about it. The game's too long, and the, the the fan bases are too old, and kids don't play baseball anymore, even though every single weekend, every single weekend in April, May, June, and July, I'm out at baseball facilities that are packed with thousands of kids playing baseball nonstop every weekend all the time, but nobody's playing baseball anymore. And I'm not sure I understand it. I think, honest to God, I have a theory on this. Roll with me for a second. I'm not saying this is scientifically true. Hence, it's a theory. I think a lot of people who are around my age, I'm exactly 50, people that are around my age and a little bit older, they don't love baseball as much as they used to, and they think everybody feels the way that they do. A lot of people out there that cover the sport that they liked it better whenever they liked it better. The 50s, the 80s, the 70s, whatever they liked better. And now it doesn't compare. So everybody's own opinions and feelings on this comes into the coverage. And then you look for the things that make you not like it or make you think that it's quote unquote dying. If If something's dying, does revenue keep going up? Because uh, based on what I saw preseason, actually, is my is my friend uh, Maury Brown from Forbes.com does the business of sports as well as anybody. That Major League Baseball is expected to set a new high in revenue in 2022, a new all time high. Now, I, I I know that these last two years are a little difficult. Like COVID jacked everything up. Right? Look at how how COVID jacked up all kinds of TV ratings and attendance. And, and by the way, I'm not talking about just TV ratings in sports. I'm talking about TV ratings as, in, across the board. It seemed to accelerate cord cutting. And that's another part of this that people, you know, that has to get measured when you're talking about the number of people watching. Because if you're streaming in certain ways, it's not necessarily being counted. Or if it's being counted, it's not being reported to everybody unless the people that are, you know, that run the streaming services want to report it. It's not like the ratings that Nielsen compiles that are not proprietary to anyone but them, but it's their business to put that information out there. It's not their business to keep it and and not let anybody know. But it's the overarching theme that we have to, that we're all, it's just nonstop. the, The whole baseball is dying thing. It's the same, it, like, that's the umbrella under which all of these other things fall. And again, it's like, that'd be like saying, like, somebody my age, 50, I'm dying because I'm not the athlete that I used to be. Like, all right, that doesn't mean I'm dying. I'm older, a little less spry, but, you know, like, <laughs> it, it's something that, to me is it's a it's everybody's it's, um, you know what I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this in a mean way it's because everybody's in their feelings a lot of baseball people are in their feelings 
They're mad about this. They're mad about that. And you just don't get that angst from people that cover the NFL, do you? How many people that cover the NFL do you sit there writing think pieces about what's wrong with the game? But that's all you see in baseball. Like, here's my 12,000-word think piece about what's wrong with the game. Do you see that for the NFL ever? Please send it to me if you do, because I've never seen it. And that's not to say that there are never criticisms of the league. Of course there are. By that, I mean the NFL. And there are criticisms of the NBA, too. But again, the people that cover the NBA aren't constantly think-piecing about how the sport is dying. I'm not sure why, as baseball fans, we do that. But I think it's us. I think we're the problem. It's The problem isn't everyone else. It's not the people that aren't baseball fans. It, it's us. It's our own like weird psychology. I, it, you know, it doesn't matter which sport is the best because every individual person likes what they like. If baseball in 20 years from now, if Major League Baseball ceased to exist, it wouldn't change the fact that I loved baseball my whole life and it wouldn't change my experience in the least. Now, of course, that's not going to happen. But what are we judging by? Because we get these polls that'll be like, you know, soccer's now the third most popular sport. Well, show me. Hey, to quote, who? Oh, I forget. But to, to quote uh, what Jerry Maguire was asked to say on the phone, show me the money. Where's the money at? Because you know where the money is? The money is where the customers are. Why do you think TV rights deals are as big as they are for the NFL? Because their customers are there. Because the TV companies say more people watch this than watch any of our other programming. Advertisers will pay us a lot of money because they want those particular people to see their products. And it's that same line of thinking with Major League Baseball. Now, baseball's ratings are different. They don't do the huge national audience that that the NFL does. But they do extremely well night in and night out. So again, they're different. And I would I would equate it this way, and I'll close on this. Let's use a baseball analogy to make this point. So the NFL, they're the lineup with all the home run hitters. I mean, any at bat could be a 430-foot bomb. Major League Baseball, and I'm talking about how they generate revenue, right? Major League Baseball is the death by a thousand cuts. They're the team that's just going to, they're going to drive a ball into the gap. They're going to take a walk, hit the occasional home run, push a single through the right side, whatever. It's not the same style. It's not the same impact. But in the end, it gets the job done in a similar way. And I just don't get why baseball people fret about it so much. The sport has flaws that it needs to address. And I agree with the main point that was made in the original tweet. The blackout rules for Major League Baseball are ridiculous. And they are meant to cover the butts of the regional sports networks who pay the bills. Right? Because they need cable subscribers and satellite subscribers. That's where they make their money. 
So the reason the games are blacked out is because, well, you get all these guaranteed TV deals and the TV people don't want you giving that away on some other platform that's going to keep people from watching it on their platform. That's what the battle is. And I think it's going to change over time because as these deals become, you know, less and less beneficial for the regional sports networks because of the changing nature of television, not because of the changing nature of baseball or of sports, but because television is changing, then we will see more of the streaming rights opened up. It is horrific, though, that you can pay for a service like MLB.tv. You're paying for a service that's supposed to get you all the games, but you can't get the one you follow if you live near it. And also, like, we we were talking about this uh, the other day. On, on Actually, we we're talking about this on DGS. We had a caller call in from Iowa, made this point. I mean, this is one that, but they have, they're blacked out from like five or six different markets. If you're in Iowa, you're blacked out on the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, the Twins, uh, the Cardinals, and I think one other. So yeah, that's all dumb. I agree with all that. And it does do damage. I agree with that. But let's stop with the exaggeration. Thank you. All right. That's my TED Talk. We'll talk Cardinals baseball and a little bit more on the early impressions between now and the top of the hour here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. All right, back in on KMOX. Let's do a little bit more specific stuff on the Cardinals here, and uh, we'll branch out. I got a few other Major League Baseball topics that are not going to be about popularity uh, as we go along. But um, early season, I guess I would say I'm neither super excited nor super alarmed about anything that I've seen from the Cardinals. Um, What I saw from them, you know, aside from uh, a couple of bad innings from Steven Matz yesterday, not not worrisome to me at all. I mean, and by the way, also not super exciting. I mean, no. You, know, you win nine to nothing on opening day. Feels fun. It's great. Uh, we know it's the Pirates, and you're going to lose to 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 bad teams every once in a while. We again, we understand if we're being rational. Long season, you don't you don't print World Series tickets <laughs> in April or May or June, and you certainly don't uh, trash the team and and talk about trying to start over this early as well. Like for example, I use Yadier Molina as the example. Right, he's one for twelve. Do I do I really do I really have any worry about him based on that? No. Whatever worries that I have about any player are the same ones that I would have had before the game started. <laughs> and whatever things I liked about players, so as an example, let's say uh Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill's two for nine. Now, I mean, you know, you like that eight sixty three OPS, but I mean, you know, I'm not worried about two for nine. I'm not worried about Paul DeYoung, two for 10. Not yet. Again, I have no new worries about anything based on three games. And I think that's the important part here is, you know, and I, and I feel like it should be something that you don't need to say, but mm, every once in a while, you kind of have to say those things because, you know, we have a tendency, especially when we're looking at a small sample size, we just don't have a lot to go on. I think it's understandable that we sometimes draw conclusions based on very little information. So, for example, 
I'm going to give a practical real world baseball example. Of this, I was just talking about this with some friends the other day. So you hear this all the time from major league hitters when you, when they talk about it, like early in a year, you go, Oh, like, like say for, you know, Molina one for 12 and until you have like one of those three for four days or you have a series where you go seven for 12, you look up and you're like, God, my batting average is 083. And it, and it, and I've, I mean, major league players have said over and over, yeah, sometimes a slow start wears on you, even though the rational part of your brain says, all right, I know that I'm going to have slumps. It's a six month season. I'm going to go over 20 at some point. I'm going to go two for 25. I know this. But it feels worse when there's no good to offset the bad at the beginning of the year, right? And that it's it, the same principle applies not just for individual players, but for teams too. And I'd say that you know my initial impressions of the Cardinals are they kind of look like the team I thought they would. In that you know Adam Wainwright has given you what you thought you would get. I mean, he looked like the guy from last year. Does that mean it's going to last? Ah, who the hell knows? I don't think, I mean, there's just no way that anybody can know. But it looked right. And I think that, you know, when, when we talk about the bullpen, it's going to take some time to not just to see, who, you know, not for, you know, not just for people to have multiple outings and see how things play, uh, you know, as you go. But it takes time just to sort out the roles. And, you know, like, for example, so far early, holy crap, Ryan Helsley looks good. I mean, like, he, ball's coming out of his hand good. He's got big velocity, striking people out. All that's wonderful. Until you have a week where you stink, and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody's worried. And, of course, you know, I, 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 I purposefully avoided social media when I saw that Steven Matz had given up seven earned runs in three innings yesterday. I was out coaching. I didn't watch in real time. I did end up watching the game later on at night when I got home. But I, I purposefully avoided all that because I know it's going to be like, see, you should have signed Stroman instead. As if one game proves that either. And by the way, if, if Steven Matz had gone out and thrown six shutout innings, it wouldn't prove that it was the right decision. It's one game. But, you know, as fans, we're not always rational. Fan does come from fanatic. And, you know, part of what makes sports the big business that they are is the simple fact that people are irrational about their sports. We're like, we're all a little weird about it. And I'm the guy, like, I'm, I'm like a lot of you. I'll watch somebody take a swing and I'll be like, ooh, didn't like the pitch selection there. Or, oh, he looks anxious. Or, oh. And look, he, maybe he was. But that one swing or that one at bat or that one game or one series does not foretell the entire future of a season. And so far, I mean, nothing nothing that I've seen makes me say, oh, no, and nothing that I've seen makes me say, wow, that's amazing. Except maybe Nolan Arenado's start, but that's because we already know he's amazing, right? I mean, like he's a known commodity. How about player of the week, by the way? in the national league is six for 12 with two homers and three and three and three doubles. Is that good for 12 at bats and seven runs batted in? Well, that's good. It's always nice to have somebody. And by the way, you know, Dylan Carlson's off to a nice start. Tommy Edmond is off to a nice start. 
I, I, I none of it changes anything about what I thought about the team coming in, and and I, I'm sure most of you are like that. I just it's it, I know it's tempting to have you know to, to feel like early season games tell you something. Eh, they tell you such a tiny part of the story, you know. If you're reading a 300-page novel, the, the, we're talking about the first three or four pages here. Now, I will say this, though. I understand that, you know, when sometimes the first, I don't know about, I put it this way. If you're starting to read a book and the first three or four pages turn you off to the book, that's more of a you thing than the book thing. And I'm not even a big book person, but I'm like, you know, if you read three or four pages, that what's that, like three minutes at the most? Probably should give it a little more than that, Right. If you're only going to give a movie like three minutes before you're out, uh, probably not great. I, I just, I, I think what we've seen so far is fine. I guess that's the best way to put it. Fine. Not planning a parade, but I'm also not all that worried either. Hang tight. A little more specific. I want to talk a bit about a couple of elements in the lineup. And, you know, especially on this topic of not panicking, we'll get to the DH2 here on KMOX. All right, just a few more minutes in this hour. I got some more baseball. We're going to be talking uh, a little blues next hour as well. I forgot to mention that. Um, we're in a good we're in a good stretch again. <laughs> the team has been a little bit wild overall over the course of the year. With you know, I mean, I'm not and kind of the point that I was making about the, the Cardinals and just baseball in general. Last segment, I know it, no short stretch defines what you are. In the end, the old Bill Parcells axiom comes to mind. You are what your record says you are. And really, in total, you are what the record says you are at the end of the year. So, you know, it, it, it keep, it's important. I mean, I know it's hard not to ride the roller coaster. I know I've ridden the roller coaster on the blues a little bit this year. There was a time earlier this year I'm like, wow, they're amazing. Like, they really, they really could be a team that could make the big, deep run in the playoffs. And then, you know, we had a few weeks here where it's like, wow, what's going wrong? Like, can they you know, get the coach questioning effort and all that kind of stuff. And now they're back to playing really well again. So hopefully we can maintain that to the end of the month and get into the playoffs and keep it rolling from there. We'll get some blues coming up uh, in the next hour, a little bit more on that. Um, on the DH, once again, another one of those things that let's not overanalyze what we've seen so far, but um, the, the DH is combined are one for 13. And, uh, you know, it was Albert on opening day, Corey Dickerson the last couple of days. It was going to be Lars Newtbar today. I don't know that that will translate to tomorrow. And, in fact, it probably won't. It'll be Albert tomorrow because uh, the pitcher for the Royals is a lefty. So it'll be Daniel Lynch for the Royals, which means you'll get Albert out there. That, that should be fun. Albert against the lefty. We didn't see that at all on opening day. So And, that, and that's what you brought him in to do, right? You brought him in to hit lefties and then we'll sort out the DH spot against right-handers as we go along through the course of the season. And, uh, but I don't know if you guys saw this, this is not relative related to anything that's going to be happening anytime soon. I wouldn't think, uh, but Nolan Gorman hit a couple of home runs yesterday. Is that good? I keep saying that. I got to stop saying that. It's a bad habit. It is pretty good. He was off to a little bit of a rough start before that, but hit a couple of home runs yesterday. So uh, good to see the power showing up there. But the DH spot for the Cardinals is going to be one, I think, it's going to take us some time to, to, to kind of sort out. And the good news is you're not sorting out anything else. You are sorted at first base, third base, second base, right field, center field, left field. You might have a little bit 
to figure out at shortstop if if Paul DeYoung gives you a reason to to be worried. Um, I know he's only two for ten, but that's with a home run and a couple of walks. So you know, I, it's it's so early. I'm again, I'm not judging. I've seen some good things that I like from him so far, but it's only three games, so I, I would never dare to say he's got these things working. You know, he's fine. I don't know, maybe not. But we do know that if he doesn't work out, that Edmundo Sosa is a viable alternative, a guy that helped you in the second half of last season and can certainly help you and be a regular player on a winning team, as we saw during the 17-game winning streak. But the vast majority of the offense is sorted out and fine. We don't have to worry about it. And we're still going to have to kind of play the DH thing by ear based on matchups. And then, you know, again, we haven't seen Lars Newtbar taken at bat yet this year. Uh, so, you know, he'll get his crack at some point. Certainly Corey Dickerson is not going to be the dominant piece to that because they, they, I think they want to see some of Newt Bar. I think they want to give opportunities to all three of the guys that we're talking about. And eventually we're going to see some of the other everyday players rotate through there too, which will give Newt Bar some time in the outfield or give Edmundo Sosa some time in the infield. You know, things along those lines. Some things just going to take a little time. All right, so coming up, want to talk a little bit more on the pitching side of things. Just Jordan Hicks had his first start pushed back by necessity with the rain out. So talk a bit about that. We'll hear a little from Mo, and then we've got some hockey talk coming your way here on KMOX. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.